uh, TikTok's its own oh. bag of worms. Oh, but oh, God, yes. you know, you, you know, you look at you look at how quickly TikTok has just exploded, mm-hmm. and the, the landscape is always just shifting all the time. Yeah. Um, I would say the best way to be a YouTuber is to not want to be a YouTuber and just try and figure out what else is out there right. that isn't saturated that yeah. you might be able to break into that maybe nobody, nobody has even realized yeah. is. Welcome to Tardux, a podcast for content creators to come on, share their stories, experiences, and advice. And today, I am super excited. I have Blue Drake. Welcome. What's up, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am good. It's it's only Monday, but you know, it's, I woke up on this side of the dirt, so it can't be bad. It is. It is Monday. Yeah. No. That, hey, I've I've never heard anybody say that before. Woke up on this side of the dirt. Yeah. That's that is a good thing, ain't it? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so welcome, and what we do to start things off is we do uh, three rapid questions just to get the juices flowing, so are you ready? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, so uh, as a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, man. Uh, uh, You know, it's funny. Probably this. Yeah? That's awesome, then. So you're you're, you're Uh, living the dream, then. Yeah, I mean, I, I I knew I wanted. I also had like this dream to do music, but I do that as well, and yeah. I, you know, I I make a good chunk off that as well. I would I would say this is, I have achieved the ideal setup that whatever my child self set set upon to achieve is yeah. This is yeah. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So question yeah. number two then is what's the favorite thing about where you live? Uh like the city or yeah, like my where, house yeah. well <laughs> you pick um uh, it's quieter it's cheaper yeah um it's uh it's right smack dab in the middle of everywhere that's nice to go to like if i want to drive to tennessee or new york or yeah. everywhere it's just i'm kind of like right in the middle of all of the bigger cities and in, in uh the east coast but i don't have to pay big city mortgages or big city rent so that's, that's nice. nice and i still live in a nice enough place that i have like a a good airport that's you know it's like the ups hub so we got direct yeah. flights out everywhere oh and that's nice yeah it's like it's about as cheap and rural as you can get while still being a big city which yeah. is ideal for me so perfect yeah all right so and then final question is is the guitar an underappreciated instrument Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Excellent. <laughs> All right. So who is Blue Drake? Where does the nickname come from? I made it up when I was nine when my sister asked me to make up a name. And uh, she was making an email address for me. <laughs> and she was like, pick a name. And I was like, Drake. That sounds cool. Because, like, I don't know, I was into magic at the time yeah so i was like i was like a dragon and she was like that's taken pick something else and i was like blue drake then and then she was like that's taken and i was like really 
And then she was like, put a number at the end of it. So I, was, I just finished reading Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So yeah. I was like, Blue Drake 42. And then we <laughs> did that. But then as I got older, it got really awkward to say that, you know, it was like a dragon. So then I kind of pretended for a while that it was like a duck. Uh, I was like, Drake, it's like a male <laughs> duck, right? It's not a dragon. That's not, but that's, that's not the truth. But that's why a lot of my logos have like ducks in it. Uh, but it is okay. It is kind of true though, because yeah. like I don't know, everybody called me Drake all the time. Yeah. Um. So you know, everybody just assumes that it's a duck, and I was yeah. like, you know what, that that kind of makes more sense because I'm kind of goofy and weird, <laughs> just like a duck. So I don't know. There we go. But yeah. <laughs> oh. So now you have many hats. You have a content creator, yeah. your game dev, musician. Um, Black site, which is a oh, yeah, sure. influential company, management company, something like that. Yes, sir. Dad. Um, so, you know, what what did you do before content creation? Uh, honestly, always this, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could have done other things, but, I mean, I can just tell you kind of from the beginning. So... Uh, I've always been pretty heavily into music. Uh, I kind of started learning piano when I was five pretty aggressively. My mom was really interested in it, and she was really interested in me learning it. And unlike my sister, I kind of ended up being really interested in it as yeah. well. I just just love music. Um, so I had studied hard enough prior to going to high school that I actually went to a magnet high school, which is, it's kind of like, um, yeah. I don't know if you have, we those, have them up here. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like a college, but a high school, like yep. it's structured the same, like you choose your own classes, you have majors and everything. You have to audition to get in. Um, and I auditioned for classical performance and opera. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. So I went to high school for that. Um, and I, I actually toured Italy with a choir. Holy we would God. sing at the Vatican. Wow. I was a um, bass baritone. And then I would play classical piano um, in tournaments and stuff like that. And then because of that, uh, when I graduated high school and I was like, I don't know what I want to do, um, I got a scholarship to IU yeah. for the same thing, uh, for opera and for classical piano. Yeah. But throughout this entire time, I just happened to be very interested in video games. But I didn't ever really saw that as a career. I just love video. Like video games are dope. Like right. I never. It's just it was a pastime for me. I never really thought it would turn into anything like this. But yeah. then again, I don't think anybody that does what I did at that time who became YouTubers doing this. Or, yeah. It, like I don't think anybody thought that it was going to turn into this kind of an industry that it's turned into. Right. Um, but yeah, I played video games on the side. Uh, I really wanted to do I, – I, there was a time when I was in college and I was still kind of exploring what my life and what my career was going to be like. Uh, there was a time where I was really interested in possibly pursuing uh, a career doing audio engineering uh, or composition mm -hmm. for um, for video games and for or for movies. So I had um, I had a minor – in in studio engineering yeah. well it actually wasn't a, it ended up being a major i had a it was so easy to get a, multiple majors in the music field so yeah. i technically had four majors but Holy they were God. all so but they were so it's not like i was double majoring in yeah. like chemistry and music it's like you know <laughs> four four disciplines where it was um you know classical composition so just you know like 
finale writing notes and yeah uh, and then studio engineering um and then you know classical voice and uh, classical piano so those was my four concentrations oh, wow. um so i was kind of trying to figure out what that was going to turn into i was really into video games really into computers yeah one of the reasons i was really into computers is because my sister was very into computers um because my sister is actually um a graduate from massachusetts institution of technology wow yes yes uh although she's seven years older than me but um you know i grew up around her we're both we were both fascinated in um in that uh and computers and technology Um, but i just happened to have a knack for music that made it easy for me to get scholarships and you know go to college for cheap yeah uh so i kind of pursued that um but when I was in college, uh, I did IT work, obviously. Yeah. You know, why not? Um, to pay the bills, pay rent. Um, did IT. I was the IT guy at my campus. Oh, my um, God. But then when I graduated, uh, I was at the time, you know, because I started, I started my YouTube channel. I started my YouTube channel when I was like seven, technically. Yes. I made it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I only started uploading to it, I think, I think when I was in college by that time, I was kind of midway through college. That was when I was really into Project Reality at the time. Started uploading videos. Um, And when I had graduated college, you know, my channel, I think, was making enough money to pay my internet bill. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's worthwhile. Hey, my video game hobby is paying my internet bill. How how dope is that? Never really saw it turning into anything more than that. Um, But, you know, it it did. So after I graduated college... uh, one of my first jobs that I got out of college was uh, I was a system administrator for um, a uh, a local healthcare company because healthcare is really big in this city. So yeah. it was like a big, you know, Humana, Norton, like yeah. some of the big, some of the big boys. All they they're all headquartered here. So I I did system admin work um, and I also did. Um, HIPAA compliance IT work, oh, okay. not I mean, boring, boring stuff, but it was kind of cool. I would get on a plane, they would fly you out, and you'd go to a facility, and then you'd have to go through and uh, you know rewire their entire modem system in order to be like HIPAA compliant, yeah. or go through and like you know take all their computers and, and rebuild them and stuff. And I had a lot of experience building computers and doing IT stuff, so it's like you know take hard drives, replace all the hard right. drives in the computer, reinstall the operating system. And then sometimes you'd have to use like system administration tools in order to like mass wipe a thousand computers throughout yeah. the entire hospital floor. And then all take an ISO and then like mirror that <laughs> ISO to everything. So you know, like the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so I did that. Um, but you know, they wouldn't let me listen to music while I was working, which was lame. That is lame. And then after, after a year of that, I was like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> And uh, it was it was like a contract thing. So it's yeah. like they contract you for six months and then you're like kind of free for a month and then you get another contract. And yeah. It's just kind of like that. Um, and then after my contract expired, they were like, hey, do you want another contract? And by that time, I think my YouTube channel was making like 600 bucks a month, but I was yeah. only uploading like a couple times a month. So I was like, huh, if I uploaded every day, I could maybe make enough to not have to do this stupid job that I'm doing right now. Uh <laughs> So then I, w- I told my my handler I was like, hey, I'm gonna I'm actually I'm gonna do my own business for a couple months and see where this takes me. Yeah. Thinking that I was just gonna take an extended break because I was like, ah, I'll just do this and it'll yeah. fail. 
but hey, I'll make enough money where I can just not have to work for three months, and that'll be sick. Right. Um, and that was ten years ago. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> I haven't gone back since. Oh so my god! It was, it, was a, it was a long three month break. <laughs> no kidding. Started at ten years, and oh now god. here I am. So that's awesome. So now let's yeah. let, let's jump back into video games. What were some of the early video games for you that like stuck oh out? Uh, obviously, Project Reality. Yeah. Um. Man, honestly, Project Reality is such a huge part of my life. There's like a couple of games prior to that that I played. Yeah. Really niche stuff that nobody in their right mind would remember <laughs> or know. Uh, like Hostile Intent. Mm -hmm. It's like a Half-Life mod. I used to play that before I could play Project Reality. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I played Battlefield 2. Yeah. Um, I would say the Battlefield games, like Battlefield 1942 was huge. I love that. Yeah. It took me forever in order to get a freaking computer that could run it, which is hilarious, you know, thinking about it now. Which I mean, I could run that damn thing on a USB yeah, drive if I really wanted to. Um, but, you know, back in the day, it was, like, impossible to find a computer that was good enough to run Battlefield yeah. 1942. But, yeah, obviously, you know, I would say battle the, the early Battlefield games, um, all the mods for those games, obviously Half-Life, yeah. all the mods for Half-Life. Uh, but as soon as I found Project... As soon as I found Project Reality... Um, I was like, that was my home. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I had played other things. Like, I played Arma, and I just remember getting pissed off at Arma just all the time, just not being the type of game that I wanted. Like, yeah. just, just play. Like, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I like Arma, but at the time, it just didn't feel right. It just yeah. didn't give me the experience that I knew could exist out there. And as soon as I found Project Reality, I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. This yeah. is all. I, this is all I'm gonna play. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, wow. I found it, and I did. You yeah. know, for like literally for like five years, it was like that's that's it. I built my entire career around it. Some of my best friends, you know, are all from Project Reality, yeah. and, and that was it. Oh, uh, but you God. know, now Project Reality is old as old as hell. Yeah, and you know, as am I. As and <laughs> as am everyone. You know, we're all life goes on. Yes, absolutely. Um, so nothing, nothing is eternal. Um, but yeah, now now we're you know the, now there's it's Project Reality exploded in the shrapnel of every of all of the developers in the yeah. community have gone on, you know, Squad and Hell at Loose and yeah. Postscriptum and, you know, everything. You know, the, our, our game and, you know, probably a billion more games that is just the ripples that Project Reality created back then are still traveling through, you know, the, wild. the universe. But yeah. Oh my god. That's it. That's basically my whole story, honestly. <laughs> Alright, well we can just end the That's pod. The whole thing. Yeah, we're doing yeah. <laughs> No, but seriously. So out of you know, and what are you playing these days? You know, besides working on your game, any, anything uh, that sticks out that you're you're enjoying playing today? Uh, I don't know. Um, that's an interesting question. I feel like we live in a very strange time. Um, when I was younger, there was a hunger to find the experience, to find the game that really satisfied the need that a lot of me and my friends had for, you know, like either realistic tactical shooter yeah. or... And it was so difficult to find those games and to find those experiences that when you actually did find a community that finally catered to that, it was a really strong feeling. It was yeah. really usually a really strong community. I would say nowadays we live in an interesting time uh, that is completely opposite of that. Uh, and I'm still kind of navigating what that means to me and how that's going to affect things. But now we live in a period of saturation mm -hmm. where there's so much of everything yep. 
that it's almost it's significantly more difficult to find a tight knit community that is dedicated to a singular vision because there's just so much and it's it's not necessarily bad but it is a completely different universe and i Mm -hmm. think it's going to have a completely different effect on the type of people that come out of it you know like if i was molded by project reality and that and you know the era from which project reality existed it'll be it'll be interesting to see what the type of people who are like me, yeah. but are kind of starting their careers now. It's interesting to see how this this environment is going to shape them because it's yeah. a very different environment. And yeah. I would say for me, it, it's obviously I have my own game, and one of the reasons I built my own game was so I could have that sense of community um, with a group of people that I that I really enjoyed being around and and um, who believed in the same things that I did. Yeah. And I think Operation Harsh Doorstep has really been that for me um, and for our community where we can finally have a place uh, to, to kind of like build our own vision. Yeah. Um, but there's so many other projects um, that it, it's very difficult, I think, for a lot of people to find a place that they can call home again. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's so constantly distracted and everybody is, is constantly getting pulled away. Uh, and, and in a lot of ways, you know, um, the companies and the studios that are building their game, these games, like their objective is to constantly pull you away. You know, the amount of advertising yeah. and how much more effective advertising is getting and how much more, intru- you know, it, it's, it's making people just constantly scattered uh, in terms of their attention. Yeah, um, well, so. you hit it right there, would, attention. It's, it's yeah. the short, you know, the YouTube shorts, the TikTok. People's oh attention God. spans are oh just shrinking down. Yep, yep, yep. Um, And again, it's not necessarily bad. It is different, though. It's a different world. It's a different landscape, and it makes it difficult to... to do the same kinds of things because, you know, you look at Project Reality. Project Reality, the only reason that that project was able to exist was because there was nothing else. And there were so many people that dedicated so much time to building that project because there was nothing else yeah. but now nowadays you know it's there all, all of these people that could be working on a singular project they're all scattered to the wind yeah um and it and i i'm not sure if we're i mean we'll, we'll see i try my hardest to to corral as many talented and you know like-minded people to work on you know projects like yeah. ours so we'll, we'll see how we'll see how that works yeah. out i don't know but it but it is i'm, I'm not sure if we're ever going to see um such a such a um corralling of 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 people yeah. as we saw during the project reality develop the project reality days where yeah. just everyone was so dedicated to this single vision yeah i'm not sure if we're gonna see anything like that again it's it's um, yeah not in the same way anyways yeah, because there's so much out there these days. So and much out yeah, there. Everybody has their own little vision of what they want to do. Everybody has and, their own little. Yep. Yeah. And, and Which listen, again, yeah, not bad. No, nope, not bad at all. Different. So now let's go back to you know what made you upload content up to YouTube. What was the whole purpose of you know? You know it's so funny. People ask me that, and <clears throat> it's not even that it was so long ago that it makes it difficult to know. But it was also such a passing subconscious motive. Um, it, it's, you know, there's a lot of people now 
that are like, I'm going to start uploading videos and I'm going to become a YouTuber and here is my plan and here's how it's going to happen. You know, back then when I started, there's no plan. I, you know, it, it's actually hard for me to even remember why I started uploading videos regularly in the first place. Yeah. Um, I, the first couple of videos that I uploaded, I think the very first video, I can't remember if it was the very first or one of the first, but I remember one of the very first videos I uploaded, and this is going to sound cringy as hell, but, you know, I don't care because it's the truth. Uh, but it was me uploading a Minecraft video of my of my house that I was proud of that I yeah. made. I sent, it, I sent it to one of my friends, one of my grade school friends, because I wanted to show him my house. Yeah. And that was the only reason I even uploaded anything to YouTube uh, was to share that with him. Um, and then I started uploading... I, I'd actually started playing around with making my mo- my own modifications for Half Life Two. Yeah. So I had created this um I had created this modification where I had taken the S mod tactical framework and I had combined it with this um I had I had combined it with the Counter Strike maps because I wanted to create kind of like a single player Counter Strike experience for yeah. some reason i don't know you can go look at it. it's called css tactical i think those videos are still up yeah I, actually um, they are because i was looking through like your oh, yeah. oldest video i was like oh what's this stuff yeah yeah that that had been me um basically taking a couple of other mods and experimenting with merging s mod uh which was a an old half-life framework back in the day merging that with some some maps from like counter-strike and yeah. stuff like that uh, i was very proud of it and i had taken those videos and posted them to mod db trying to see if i could find other people that were interested enough in that project to maybe help me uh take it further yeah um and then after i started posting those few videos i started posting some of the other games that i was playing um you know like uh some of the dcs well not dc it wasn't called dcs lock on at the time it was called lock on posted a couple of videos about that and i think that's when i started after that was when I almost immediately pivoted into Project Reality. But the reason I started uploading Project Reality videos was only because, again, I don't know if you've played that game before. You probably have. Yeah, um, I think or, I have I years mean, ago. You at least played Squad. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you can understand how big of a difference the type of squad that you have can can influence the game experience. So, yeah. you know, and even back in the day with Project Reality where there's like nobody around that, you know, even knows about a game like that, it was a big deal to try and find squad mates. So I was like, yeah. well, maybe one of the best ways I could find squad mates is if I upload my videos and say, hey, you know, here's this game and here's my perspective of this full match. How cool is this? Here's my contact information. If you want to squad up sometime so we can get a squad, please hit yeah. me up. So that was my original intention. Okay. To, to upload YouTube videos for Project Reality. Um, but that was after I was already uploading. So, like, you know, why I uploaded that stupid Minecraft video, <laughs> I, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. It was such a passing interest. Or, yeah. You know, like, um, so, but after that, you know, when I started uploading the PR gameplay, it was primarily for that purpose to socialize with the Project Reality community and yeah. also find other people who were maybe outside of Project Reality who would come and be in my squad yeah. so that way I could play PR and have a good squad and, ah, you know, wreck face. That's very smart, yeah. Um, yeah. And then it just, it just kind of grew from there and the, the videos just started getting more and more views and I think, I think what I really noticed that I was onto something special was I, I had a metal 
metal band at the time. Well, I still have a metal band. Yeah. Um, Jahari, uh, which I'm sure you know about. We will get into that. Thing. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Um, but it was uh, it was in Jahari was in the very early stages of like being anything. I don't even think we had uploaded any music at this point. Yeah. Um, but we maybe had like a YouTube video or something. And I remember realizing that something was. That, that, that something was going on when, uh, you know, my band would bust their ass to get, you know, like 300 views yeah. on a on a piece of music that we would put up. And, you know, all of our other bands that we saw, you know, we would go and play shows, like they would bust their ass yeah. to get just any even small amount of traction in social media. And here I am just uploading videos on my gameplay YouTube channel even without even thinking about it yeah. and, and just absolutely destroying whatever numbers my band or any other band for that matter was pulling. Yeah. And, you know, here I am in this band and everybody's sitting here talking about how they want to make this a career and be like, Oh, we're going to be in this band and we're going to make all this money. And it's going to be so great. And like, we can barely pull a thousand views right. on a video, you know, and then I'm posting this gameplay and it's getting like 10,000 views yeah. in, in a week. And I'm like, well, that's those numbers do not lie, you know. Right. And that that something is going on here. And honestly, that's kind of how I live my life. I don't. I <laughs> I am a very scatterbrained individual, <laughs> but to be fair, it's actually helped a lot um, because one of the ways that I even found my way into the career I have now is I I don't really plan on getting into the industries or getting the careers that I have. I try a whole bunch of stuff yeah. and I do a whole bunch of stuff. And then after I do that stuff, I look back and I say, all right, which of these random things that I have done, which of them have done the best? Yeah. And whatever that is, whatever the answer that is, I do that more. And I think there's a lot of people out there where they just get this idea where it's like, I want to be this and yeah. i will now do everything you know back in the day it was being you know the vocalist or a guitarist in a band and people are like i'm gonna make i'm gonna be a rock star right well it's like well how are you gonna be a rock star i don't know how are you <laughs> gonna make money as a rock star i have no idea i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna go out there and play guitar and it's gonna happen yeah but you know nobody really thinks about the logistics of how that works um uh but but as soon as you start not thinking that way where it's like, don't don't choose what you want to do and then do it. Just try a bunch of stuff, yeah, um, and then see what works, and then focus on that now. Because, you know, it's funny. I almost see people talking about being a YouTuber mm -hmm. now the same way that people used to talk about being a rock star. Yeah, when I was a kid, That's it's like, I want to be a YouTuber, and it's like, okay, how? I don't know. How are you going to make money? I have I have no idea. What are you going to do? I'm just going to play games. That's how it works. Right? I'm going to play video games and I'm going to make money. And it's like, okay, I, let's, it's the same thing like when yeah. I used to hear people talking about being a rock star. And, and it, you know, it's funny. I actually think that nowadays there's probably entirely new opportunities that people don't even realize are, are happening um, that might even be bigger than being a YouTuber. Yeah. Uh, but everybody's so fixated on the thing 
that that everybody wants to be that they're right. probably missing out on these new opportunities kind of like back in the day yeah. you know nobody knew what a youtuber was nobody cared no. about being a youtuber it didn't make any sense whenever i told my friends what i was doing they were like that's stupid you nerd and then they wouldn't talk to me anymore <laughs> and now now those same people are coming back yeah begging me for advice because their kids want to do what i do right you know all of these people and it's like man it's too late it's too yeah. late for that, dude. Like, you can, like yeah. tell them, tell them to find. You know, even I mean, God, TikTok's its own oh. bag of worms. But oh, God, yes. you know, you, you know, you look at you look at how quickly TikTok has just exploded, mm -hmm. and the, the landscape is always just shifting all the time. Yeah. Um, I would say the best way to be a YouTuber is to not want to be a YouTuber and just try and figure out what else is out there right. that isn't saturated that yeah. you might be able to break into that maybe nobody, nobody has even realized yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, a few months ago, I had Clintus on who was a, you know, he, he had his family. He was vlogging. This was 10 yeah. years ago mm. and way before everybody would give him the stink eye when he was like, you know, holding the camera and doing those things. But nowadays it's just, yeah, anybody can the do standard. that. Yeah. Now standard it's, yep. it's crazy how things funny change. how the world works yeah absolutely it was very interesting so now you know after you started doing the youtube thing when did the when did you start live streaming when did that happen uh, i hated live streaming oh okay. i um you know it's funny I, I i i do i'm not really a streamer i'm a youtuber yeah i'm, I'm a video producer that had that had to stream yeah because if you didn't stream because I saw a tweet you, you from you relevant. about <laughs> Twitch the other day or last week or something like oh, I that. Don't. Just... Yeah, I'm very frustrated with Twitch. Yes. I don't like Twitch. I um oh god. Oh that <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. It's just it's kind of a continuation of my statement from before of how how much the landscape is constantly evolving. Um I think uh because I'm an O because I'm because I'm from way back. Yeah. Um I, I probably felt about live streaming then probably about the same way that everybody that all the current content creators feel about shorts. Yeah. Where it's like, well, I'm I'm not a big fan of this, but it's definitely the future and I've got to figure out how to yeah. like it or this ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah. You know? Nope, that's um, true. So with streaming, you know, it's funny. I've never really, I've never really picked up a streaming career. I still remember exploiting the algorithm super hard when uh, live streaming was first um, introduced. Kind of in the same. YouTube does this every single time. Every single time they implement a new feature, yeah, they never implement it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they do this on purpose, but. Basically, if you're one of the first people to adopt using one of their new future features, the feature is usually implemented in a way where you can exploit the hell out of it. Okay. And you can just you can get a lot of exposure, and you can just yeah, and it's just like how shorts are now, um, or sh how shorts have been honestly yeah. for the past couple of years, where it's just like there's it's so new, but you can you can exploit the hell out of it. I did the same thing with live streaming because. Um, Back in the day, the way YouTube originally implemented live streaming is they were kind of sitting there trying to figure out how to uh, shoehorn it in 
uh, into their VOD system. Yeah. Um, because they're they're basically in the same way that they're reacting to TikTok now, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh God, we got to do shorts, but our system isn't really built to do shorts, so now we got to shuffle everything around. Back then, it was Twitch. It was like, oh God, Twitch. We have yeah. to compete with Twitch, but our system isn't really built for live streaming, so we got to shoehorn in this live stream system. And the way it worked was on Twitch, I mean, you just did a broadcast and then you ended it. But on YouTube, everything was so centralized around VODs that when you did a live stream immediately after, it would Mm -hmm. become a VOD. Um, But the way they had it implemented before, they they couldn't really have it be very seamless. So kind of the way it worked in the back end is when you were done with a live stream, it would take that VOD of the live stream and it would re-upload it as a separate video oh shoot but then because they don't want to piss off all their content creators all of the views that the live stream Mm -hmm. got they would immediately add to the vod of that of that live stream and that really can i curse this is your pod you can can go perfect yeah that really fucked with the algorithm's brain (laughs) (laughs) and the algorithm would be like oh my god this video just got ten thousand views in the first millisecond of this (laughs) vlog being uploaded we need to show this to everybody so you know for for a period there i just did all of my videos as live streams basically like all the reactions all of the normal coverage i'm like well i'm just gonna treat this like a live stream i'm gonna live stream for 30 minutes just as long as my normal video would be and then i'm gonna end the live stream and then it's going to be uploaded as a vod and it's just going to absolutely decimate everything oh yeah no my god my my whole the past 10 years has been me you know it's kind of addicting because i think every single content creator you talk to that's there, there has to be an element of them that is kind of about like the numbers and the algorithm and kind of like exploiting and like understanding how that stuff works and there's definitely a part of me where I get addicted to like figuring out what the hell YouTube is thinking and how these systems are built and how you can exploit it and stuff like that. And it's, you know, not even the live stream thing. It's just so many things, so many things over the past 10 years that have all added up to me uh, getting to where I am now. (laughs) Um, And in some ways it's kind of exhausting, honestly, it was exciting in the beginning. But now it's just kind of at this point where it's like, God, YouTube, I really, you know, for instance, one of the things now that really frustrates me is how YouTube has de-incentivized descriptive titles. Mm -hmm. So the way YouTube has changed the entire algorithm now where they incentivize people just being incredibly vague in their titles is frustrating. And and, and it never used to be like, like five, five years ago, wasn't like that at all. It doesn't matter. Um, but now they've changed how the algorithm works. I could, but you see, if we get into that conversation where I tell you why that is the yeah. way it is, we'll be here for like three hours and it'll <laughs> it'll suck and nobody will even like it. It's just is <laughs> boring and infuriating yeah. at the same time. It's just not it's, oh. not. it's not good. But it's it's the job. It's what you have to think about. Um, and it is interesting. Yeah, like when they change that algorithm, that fu- that could really fuck up a whole lot of people whose careers are about creating yeah. content. Yeah, well, I mean, fuck up is one word, but at the end of the day, it's honestly part of our job is adapting to that. Like, it's just part of it. And, you know, I think it's funny because when you say the algorithm, nobody really knows what the algorithm is because there really isn't an algorithm. I mean, there is, 
yeah. And and even YouTube now is like, oh, we have a single. They don't have a single algorithm. Like it's a very big, complicated mess yeah. of things, all of which they do not inform anybody about, and they probably don't want to inform anybody no. about because part of their strategy is getting creators to try and figure out ways to exploit it. Like they yeah. want us to be using trial and error they don't want to just hand out the answer because right. you know then we would probably only make exploitive content but yeah. you know in exploring things this way it gives the algorithm more data that it can feed on more and, content's yeah, being so, uploaded and everything yeah, yeah exactly so that's that's part of that's just part of this yeah um, and i think i think sometimes people think it's more simple than it is where it's just like oh you just got to beat the algorithm it's like no it's it's not there's it's not like there's just this single robot behind the scene. It's so much more complicated yeah. than that. There's so many things, yeah. so many variables. Um, um And now, yeah. what would you say to somebody who's thinking about jumping into, you know, there being a, you know to be a YouTuber, be a streamer, don't. you know, don't and <laughs> Well, like, I always tell people the same thing. Yeah. Like, it, and and it's a, it's I already said this in the middle of the podcast. Don't choose what you want to do first and then try and build your life around this thing that you've convinced yourself you want to do. If you end up being a YouTuber, great. But there might be all sorts of other things out there that you don't even know about that could potentially be better than being a YouTuber. Again, my dream back in the day has i was nothing like i didn't even know that what i do now was an option right i had no idea and i'm telling you there are things right now that that is an option that people may not even realize yeah. is an option like so many other things um and i think if you approach anything with the mindset of, hey, I've chosen what I want to do, and even though I've never done this for a living, I've decided that that's what I want to do for a living, and now I am now going to make all of my decisions based on making this one thing a reality. You've lost. Yeah. You have lost. Never approach anything like that. If you were looking to get into YouTube as a career, don't. Just do what you want to do, what you feel, see what works, see what doesn't, and then focus on the things that work. YouTube is a very saturated market now, and it's also a completely different market. That's not to say that people can't make a living doing it. Quite the opposite. I, I would say it's maybe even more possible now to grow a channel than it has been in a while. Just because the way the algorithm works, I mean, especially shorts. Shorts is mm-hmm. a massive opportunity, but it's not a career right. for everybody. Um, and there's also so many other things. You know, I've got friends that have made so much money doing. You know, obviously, what again? Not to suggest this as an alternative, but even when you look at how cryptocurrency has completely changed the landscape mm-hmm. of finances and business there are some people that got into the cryptocurrency world before it became 
as much of a, a standard and as an, a, a global obsession as it was now. Yeah. You know, imagine if you had gotten into crypto before everybody realized right. that crypto was worth getting into. Imagine, there's people now who are set for life on that. Yeah. They don't even have to, you know, me, I still have to grind away doing videos and stuff like It's rough. There's some people, they never have to work a day of, in their life again. Yeah. So for anybody looking to start a career doing this, don't don't think that way. Don't don't decide that you want to do this for a career and then block out all of these other options that you may yeah. not realize might be significantly better. Again, you might end up being a YouTuber. Mm -hmm. Who cares? But you could end up being God knows anything right. else. Yeah. And it could be better. Who knows? Yeah. I I love I love what I've been able to accomplish. Yeah. I know there's lots of other things that if I had been able to do, I would have been just as happy doing other things as well. And I've had friends that have gone off and done other things that has been insanely profitable for them. I got friends that you know run Airbnb businesses yeah. and stuff like that that make significant amounts of money. Um, probably doing less work than me, and they they love it. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of the same thing. You know, they work from home, they do business management, they work from their computer. Yeah, lots of opportunities like that. Yeah. So again, don't be obsessed with a career or with this idea of being something before you even know that that's what you're going to be good at or yeah. what you're even going to want to do. Yeah. So yeah. Good advice. And now, all right, let's talk about Blacksite. That's the first thing. I what is yeah, Blacksite? Sure. How would you okay. describe it? Um, Blacksite was not something that was, I'm technically a founder of Blacksite, but the only reason I'm a founder of Blacksite was because one of the things that I decided to come in and help Blacksite with was formulating their company. Mm -hmm. Um, so Blacksite was actually a project or it was a community that was founded by a number of people back in the day. Um, I don't know the entire history of it because I actually wasn't there yeah. um, for some of the beginnings of it. Um, I know that Clean, he's a big prominent streamer. He yeah. had, a, had a lot to do with that community way back in the day. Um, but also uh, Devil-Eyed Elvis and Gooms. I don't okay. know if you know. You should, do you I know don't them? know those, no. Okay, so, so Devil-Eyed Elvis and Gooms, um, they're the other two owners yeah. of Blacksite. Um, and they were the ones that were running the community before we met. Hang on. Um, is was Spinachy a part of this as well at some point? I have no idea. Oh, okay, maybe. all right, because yeah, this uh, I had. Um... Again, I I came in kind of in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Um, essentially, what happened was Blacksite was this large community. I was friends with uh, Clean Devil Eyed Elvis and Gooms. Yeah. Uh, Gooms and Devil Eyed Elvis were moderators for that community. Um, clean kind of in a way, uh, as I understand it, kind of like started it, but I think he kind of eventually, they, they kind of went their own separate ways. Yeah. Um, I had come in, uh, and talked to Elijah and Gooms and one of the things that I offered them, uh, was there's a lot of people in this industry that say that they have a company or say that they have a business yeah. and they actually don't. Like, they don't have a registered LLC. They don't have a corporation. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, I'm going to sue you. And it's like, do you even have the capability to do that? Like, yeah. there's a lot of empty threats, and there's a lot of people that just don't know. And one of the things that I did is I came in and I talked to Gooms, and I was like, look, if you guys really want to turn this into a business, you're not a business right now. Yeah. I actually have a way where I can come in and I can help turn this into a thriving business. And in exchange... 
I have all of these other things that I want to do. And I had kind of explained to them, I was like, look, because this was before Operation Harsh Doorstop was yeah. even on anybody's radar. This was before I had even announced really anything for it. Um, what I said I needed was I needed another arm uh, to help me with both some visions that I had had for yeah. like influencer management um, and stuff like that, kind of like building a team of creators yeah. that you know where we could kind of like create content together but then also doing things like managing our sponsorships and some of the yeah. business aspects of those things like okay. I really I really needed people to help me with that and then in addition to that I kind of wanted to tell them about this whole vision I had of content creators making our own video games yeah. instead of having to rely on studios and that right. I would actually need, you know, um, a company to help me with the marketing of yeah. that and the management of that community. Uh, and essentially I came in and I was like, Hey, uh, I will help. I will give me, um, a third ownership in black site and I will structure the entire company for you and then we can okay. run it together and then you can come on board with me and be basically my right hand uh, marketing and business management arm yeah. uh, for this whole vision I have of doing game development. And it's been working out oh, pretty wow. well so far. So that's the whole arrangement. Ah, um, so it's like the original stream team, essentially, but the added yeah. element, element of development possibly. In, oh, that's, yes. that's really yes. slick. Yeah, and we had even we've kind of even structured things where maybe at some point Blacksite could have its own line of like games because we built Operation Harsh Doorstop with the goal of licensing it out to other studios yeah. so that they can make their own games. So we have actually we licensed out Operation Harsh Doorstop's core framework to Microprose so yeah. that way they can make their own games. Um, they made Warfare 1944, which yeah. we're still kind of negotiating the future of. Um, uh, but that was kind of an example. At some point in the future, it would be cool if Blacksite had its own game and then yeah. had maybe something. So that was something that we had talked about um, that we're still kind of talking about. Um, okay. Although, you know, we, we kind of got a lot of work to do on the, our existing yeah. stuff before we kind of dive into that stuff more. But, yeah, that's ah. kind of like the whole – that's that's slick. An overview on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's lots of things. Um, I used to – again, everybody hates this. Well, they don't hate it, uh, <laughs> but it is it is it has a horrible reputation, uh, which kind of doesn't matter anymore because it doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> but I used to work for Machinima. Oh, okay. Um, mm -hmm, kind of. I was I wasn't really one of the high up people. Yeah. There, I was kind of a lowly um, partner. I had kind of like a custom arrangement with them, um, but. Unfortunately, a lot of people obviously have had a bad experience with Machinima. Yeah, did you work did. with? Uh, did you know Deadly Slob? No, I, I work oh, okay. primarily with the staff at Machinima uh, uh, okay. and my own little entourage um, because you know Big and Karmacut. Karmacut was with Machinima yeah. with me for oh, many okay. years. You know, it's a shame. We all had a fantastic experience with Machinima. We yeah. loved Machinima, but I think that's partly because we had such a close relationship mm -hmm. with all of the people there. Like when I work with a company, I don't really work with a company. I work with the people that I know inside the company. Yeah. And I happen to know a bunch of people inside Machinima who have all gone on to do absolutely amazing, incredible things um, that has nothing to do with Machinima. And yeah. I had a great experience with them, still have a great experience with them now. In fact, uh, my manager, Manager, uh, at Machinima is still technically my manager um, because she works at Facebook and that is one of the reasons I've been a contractor uh, well I 
I'm not sure. How much can I talk about? Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll just say that's one of the reasons I have been partnered with Facebook's yeah. program over the past many years, although I can't disclose yep. too many details about their relationship because yep. non-disclosures and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but yeah, and um, I had um, another friend uh, who went on to create like an incredibly massive like fashion business empire, Alex Costa. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I hope he remembers me. He was such a cool guy. <laughs> he is so incredibly famous uh, now. But he also used to be one of my managers at Machinima. Oh, wow. um, and then he went out and made his own influencer um, kind of fashion uh, play. And now, oh, my God, he's so insanely famous. But, oh, yeah, lo- lots of people that I worked with at Machinima. Um, and we had our own kind of like little management entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called Volcanon. Nobody would have known about it. But we, I had this idea where I was like, hey, you know, I want to have my stream team. I want to have a group of people where we can all be kind of under a single umbrella. Uh, but then obviously Machinima imploded, which is a shame. But I also totally understand why because there yeah. was a lot of weird mismanagement in the higher up areas. But, you know, we had our own little insulated group yeah. of friends and staff that we were all friends with. So, you know, we all went on to greater things and, and kind of stayed friends. But that was one of the reasons I wanted to work with Blacksite and create Blacksite as like an official business entity yeah. because I still had all of these things that I wanted to do with influencer stream team stuff mm-hmm. um, that, that we've been doing with Blacksite. I know we, uh, Blacksite was managing Karmacut uh, yeah. for a long time. He's gone on to a much bigger company now. So yeah. congrats to him. He's awesome. Um, but you know, we worked with him really closely. We still work with a whole bunch of other influencers really closely. Um, and it's a good relationship. Oh, cool. Um, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty neat. Works now, out. now who else is on now? Who is still on a part of black site from a, I don't want to go right. into that. Um, we'll edit that. We out. have, we have a number <laughs> of people, but I don't want to, I don't want to disclose the roster. No worries. Um, All yeah. right. So operation harsh doorstop people I like. Okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So where did the concept for Operation Harsh Doorstop come about? What made you think, hey, oh. you didn't like what you saw out there or influences from Project Reality? That's uh, a complicated question. Um, and I think the true answer to that is there's definitely some, like, there's some negative answers to that. Because I, I think a lot of us, but maybe that maybe this is the answer to a lot of questions. I think there's a lot of like uplifting positive answers to that question, but there's also a lot of like depressing negative answers to that question. Um, and I think a, a big reason why uh, one of the negative ones is I think a big reason why we wanted to s- create Operation Harsh Doorstop is we've just had a lot of negative uh, experiences with other studios. Mm-hmm. And a lot of various things, you know, everything from, you know, them, uh, I, I would say some of the, 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 more um what's the right word like some of the the hold on make sure i'm not uh so i would say one of the more tame reasons is you know somebody a a game not implementing um you know a feature Mm -hmm. that we want but i would say some of the more extreme reasons is like a developer who's gone rogue threatening to like ban us from the game you know or something like that i mean because you've seen out there well, you'll have indie development teams, and it's just the type of people that are running the show for some of these studios is it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Like, you might you might end up having somebody that's just a freaking nut job. And, and it's just in a really get, if you're a content creator and a community leader and you're trying mm-hmm. to run a server, really get in the way right. of that. Um, so, you know, again, I don't really want to go into the negatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because I'm sure there's a whole laundry list of things that, not just me, but a lot of people have experienced that would make them want to make their own game. Um, but I, the positive reasons is like, you know, imagine if we had a, our own game that we could control. So that way we don't have any th looming threat at any given time that we're going to get like expunged because somebody doesn't like us or, yeah. you know, you're going to have somebody give preferential treatment to somebody else while trying to push you down. It's like, all right, you know, we want to make our own game that we can have it. We can run it the way we want. We can yeah. have our community independence. It's like, it's like, it's like the Americas for us <laughs> yeah. for like, you know, it's like running away from the British empire, <laughs> making your own goddamn government, yeah. you know? So that's a, that's a big element of that. Okay. It really is. And, and, and again, I think uh, there's a lot of other content creators that are making their own video games now. And I think there's a lot of it where it's the same thing. They want to have their own space. Yeah. They want to have their own space. They want to have their own community where they're not going to be, where they can have control over the experience that they want without having this looming constant threat of persecution. Yeah. And that's been a big, that's been a big aspect of Operation Harsh Doorstop. Okay. Um, but another aspect of Operation Harsh Doorstop is there are a lot of things that we want to do differently that I don't think any other studio is ever going to do. And, and here's the problem. Not because they can't, but because they won't. Mm -hmm. um, a big thing is mod support. Yeah. The number of games that have mod support now is like getting down to I can count on one hand. Right. Like it, it is... It is so rare. And the problem is, is that mod support is so crucial to a content creator's yeah. livelihood that if you have a game that doesn't have mod support and you want me to build like a livelihood covering that game, mm -hmm. you're, I don't know what's a good way to say this. Like it's, it's not, it's not going to work. I have so many people, you know, you'll have, yeah, you'll have even look at, look at EA. EA would fly me out to Redwood Studios and all this stuff and be like, aren't you excited about this game? And it's like, is it going to have mods? And they're like, well, no, but like, you could totally like stream this game every single day. And it's like, until what? Until you right. guys abandon it and make a new one? Like, yeah. nobody's going to watch that. Nobody's going to watch that. I need mods. I, how am I going to set myself apart from the other billion streamers right. out there streaming not just the same game, but the exact same footage of the same map that has nothing different. But then you look at stuff like Grand Theft Auto and like 5M, every single streamer is completely unique because yeah. they can have their own servers, they can have their own experiences. And, you know, it's funny how much Rockstar hates, you know, mods for that game. Yeah. But mods is is the lifeblood for these content creators. Right. And one of the biggest reasons that I started making Operation Harsh Doorstop wasn't cringy name at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> wasn't just because like, oh my gosh, I want to have my own game. I, 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 I used to think, and I honestly still think that there was no other option for me because I was like, man, if I don't make this game, there will be no first person shooter that has proper mod support where I can cake. Yeah. where I can create content on that's going to be different from everybody else. Luckily, there's still been a handful like Ground Branch and Ready or Not. But, yeah. but honestly, even those, I don't think are really delving into the mods. Of, like Ground Branch and Ready or Not are very specific experiences that I think happen to have mod support as like a, like as a side plus. Right. They're not really built to be a platform. Yeah. Like ready or not, it, it's not like ready or not is like, oh man, we are a modding platform. It's like, no, 
were a SWAT tactical shooter that right, just happens to have mod support. Right. Which so is not a bad thing. No. But again, it restricts my ability as a content creator to really create interesting experiences versus something like Arma or yes. Gary's Mod or even 5M, hilariously enough, even though Rockstar hates them <laughs> for existing. Yeah. But those games are platforms. That is like, right. I can use this. to, And that's what I want to make for Operation Harsh Doorstop. Yeah. That's honestly what Battlefield 2 was to a pretty big extent. Yeah. And that's what I really was hoping Squad was going to be when I first started kind of like having a relationship with yeah. them. But over time and watching their trajectory, I started to realize they weren't really interested in building as much of a platform as they were building just like a straight up advanced and secure military simulation game yeah. which is fine but i think if you were to try and say that squad is even close to arma in terms of being like a platform slash sandbox yeah. like i'm sorry it's just not it's yeah. a great advanced and secure simulator mm-hmm. you know but it's not it's not a platform right um you know you're not going to be playing wasteland on squad at least not very easily yeah. i've seen some people trying to mod that in but like the amount of the amount of stuff that's just hard-coded to that AAS experience is yeah. so hard to get through. Uh, and, and Operation Hard Store stuff, that's what we wanted to be different. And I think it's funny because I think it's its our greatest strength, but it's also our greatest weakness because mm-hmm. I think some people look at it and they're like, oh, but this looks so generic. And we're like, that's the point, though. Right. Like, that's the point. Like, the You're point like was... Here you it's like a Lego it. system. It's like, here is a generic game that has all of the bits and pieces that everybody else yeah. has, but the difference is, is we let you take it apart and make what you want. Like, right. that's that's the objective. And, like, it, that would be like saying Gary's Mod is generic. It's like, okay, it's like, oh, Gary's Mod, it looks just like Half-Life 2. It's like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So when people say that, like, we look just like Squad, it's like, yes, 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 yes. Exactly. It's like Gary's Mod looks like Half-Life 2. Like, of course it does. Yeah. Um. Well, even even so, you yeah. know a, a, a simple example would be like you know Sony's little uh, little big planet, that was a base, yeah. and you could you know we build all yes. things off of that. I will say, but you see, the thing is, is the difference between us and Little Big Planet is they have so much. Uh, their engineers have been able to build so many more like underlying systems that we're still in the process right. of working on. Like, don't get me wrong. I wish Operation Harsh Doorstop could have like a full-blown in-game mission editor and all yeah. this other stuff like right here, right now. But that stuff, it's going to take time. Yeah. Um, and right now we have a full-blown SDK and you really can create whatever you want right now. Yeah. Um, but I think because the game is still like, we haven't really officially released yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still kind of like in this limbo phase of still kind of developing the the initial launch. I, I don't think people have really pieced together how much you can do with it, even in its current state. Yeah. Um, so right now, you can really do whatever you want, but here soon we want to continue iterating upon it and, and you know, obviously release it to the public. Uh, you know, once we get Steam Workshop support in, I think people are going to be like, I think that's going to be a big aha moment. Yeah. Um, and people can start kind of seeing what's possible. Um, and then over time, we just want to keep expanding that mm-hmm. possibility where people can utilize it more and more to do whatever they want with. And, right. you know, hopefully eventually have in-game mission editors and all sorts of other stuff in addition to all of the other features that we already have like yeah. the single player and the co-op and the bots and you know the pvp or the pvpve or you know even the bots i'm super excited about the bots like once we get to a point where 
people can make their own game modes, I think they're going to find those bots are going to be very useful. Yeah. Because it's going to be like, hey, if I want to make like a, you know, like a stalker style game mm-hmm. mode, like you got your NPCs right there and they've already got like a lot of features that are not, not a lot of other games are going to have when yeah. it comes to AI. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Lots of excitement in that space, but, yeah. um, you know, still a lot of work to kind of get it to where it needs to be so everybody can finally start enjoying it to its fullest. Now, how would you describe the state of it today then? Uh, I mean, I would, again, say that the state of it is entirely playable, entirely functional, and you can totally do whatever you want with it uh, if if you want to download yeah. the modding SDK. Um, but because it's not technically released and the playtest is still closed, yeah. um, I think just there's not been that critical mass of people poking around inside of the right. SDK to really unearth the true potential of what you can do. Yeah. Um, okay. But I think we're going to get there pretty close uh, or pretty, pretty quickly yeah. uh, mm-hmm. after we launch the game. So, cool. and at what, any upcoming milestones that you've, you're, you're looking forward to, you said the bots are coming steam workshop. Yeah. So our plan right now is we're going to be launching in February. Yeah. And, Again, we can only do so much. Like, I got to tell you, man, I'm exhausted. Like, both, it, it has been a massive uh, time investment, energy investment, financial investment just to get to where we are. Yeah. Which, if you were to look, I mean, again, I think people really underestimate the amount of money that some of these other studios have because we have had like a, f- a fraction of a fraction of those resources. Yeah. And it has been exhausting pushing ourselves to get to where we are. Um, but I'm really happy with where we are because I think that what we've accomplished is on par in many ways to studios that have literally a hundred times. And I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. Literally a hundred times the amount of money that we have. Um, and, and the milestones that we're, we're working on right now, uh, I mean, I'll just list them because February is our planned early access release date. Yeah. And even though there's lots of other things that we were really that we were pushing to do, you know, we, we actually have the majority of the vehicle framework done and we have a whole bunch of other stuff, but we had to be honest with ourselves and the amount of resources we have. Right. We're like, all right, on early access, we're going to push a really great infantry tactical shooter that has single player, multiplayer, and cooperative modes, but it's going to have full Steam Workshop support it's going to be completely free, and it's going to be supported. Um, because I had actually, there's actually other games out there, and this is what really drives me nuts, is there's other games out there that could have, could have literally done exactly what we're about to do, yeah. but they just straight up didn't for some reason. Um, but if you were to look at a, oh, I already forgot what it was, B- Battalion Legacy, Battalion Legacy, was yeah. that what it's called? Yeah, they released their game, and they're actually kind of a very similar project to us. They have Unreal Engine 4. Um, man, you know, it's funny. I did an interview. After I did that video. I don't know if you saw that video I did about that. Did you see that? I don't that? think so. I had done a video talking about Battalion Legacy, um, Battalion 1944, um, and how kind of, like, disappointed I had, or how <laughs> simultaneously impressed I was with the free release of their game, but also depressed with how they released it. Do you know the story of how that went down? Okay, so there's this game called Battalion 1944. Um, It was an Unreal Engine 4 first-person shooter. 
um, they had raised a significant amount of money on Kickstarter. Um, and they actually did it. Like, they, they made this game um, that was kind of like a World War II Call of Duty uh, multiplayer yeah. game. Um, and it got kind of, like, mixed reviews. But then they got picked up by Square Enix. Uh, and then they were going to, like, you know, turn it into this AAA. They were like, hey, you know, now we're going to turn it into this AAA experience and we're going to release it. It's going to be bigger and better. That apparently, after many years fell through they had a falling out with square enix and they were like you know what never mind we're just going to release this for free and then we're just going to move on to something else um so they released it they they renamed the game italian legacy and then they were basically like we ran out of money here's the game for free uh there you go and you know it's funny i i played it and i was like you know it's a shame because this is actually a pretty solid game Mm -hmm. and i was like you know does this have mod tools because one of the big things on their kickstarter was like oh we're gonna have mod tools and i went and checked to see if they had mod tools because i was like you know this could actually be exactly what i or at least you know even even though it kind of sucks because like operation harsh doorstop you know like this is what we were trying to do right um but you know hey if they've done it too that's another game that i have in my belt as a content creator that i can utilize so i was like oh i'm gonna check and see if where their modding sdk is so i went to go download their modding sdk and they had deleted it oh and i was like oh wait what i thought this game was supposed to have mods and then you know uh, the 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 ceo of the studio reached out to me i was like hey i'd love to do an interview and clarify everything because i think you were disappointed and maybe you don't know the whole story and i was like okay and i did an interview with him and i was just so depressed at all of his answers <laughs> and i even told him i was like dude this is exactly what i thought it was and this sucks and i was like i'm not even going to talk about this but basically what they said is they were like oh yeah we don't want to release the modding sdk um because one of the things that gives this game value is if nobody knows how any of our mechanics work and i was like that's exactly the kind of stuff that forced me to make operation harsh door right. stuff because that's why everybody's cutting mod support out of their games because everybody's afraid that if they include mod support that you know people are going to be able to shadow well they're not going to be able to sell dlc they're not going to be able right. to sell microtransactions ah. or they're not going to be able to sell like other versions of the game because i think they're afraid that people will go into the modding sdk and maybe even just figure out settings yeah. like just settings for the weapon handling and stuff like that and maybe maybe be able to utilize that in their own games Right. So even though this game could have been a great free first-person shooter with mod support, they decided to just gut all of that functionality and then just release it as a shell of itself, oh. almost intentionally killing it. Yeah. So that way they could move on and make other games um, without having this game that they've made compete, compete. with their yeah. own. Because they're making another first-person shooter now that yeah. I think they were afraid that this Battalion game could like compete with. So they're killing their own games to like not compete. It's Never which is just of that concept. Yeah. it's such a st- ridiculous, strange way yeah. of thinking. But you know, the sad thing is, so many people think that way. Mm-hmm. But with Operation Harsh Doorstop, that was a big reason why we wanted to build the project the way that we've built it, um, where we have you know all of the features that everybody else is cutting. You know, I lost my... Tr- what was the original... We've been going off on this crazy tangent. I forgot what the original... milestones, target... Oh, milestones. You, February's God. coming. What's your joke? Right, right. Thank you. Look at you being an excellent podcaster, <laughs> keeping me keeping me in line. Thank you so much. No problem. So, so the moral of this ridiculous tangent is right now for February, we want to put out a solid infantry shooter that has a 
fully functional and fleshed out modding SDK that has no artificial limitations. And when I say artificial limitations, I mean there are many studios out there where when they put out a modding SDK, they will actually go out of their way to lock down parts of the modding SDK yeah. so you cannot see or modify parts of the game. Every single thing that we are legally allowed to show, because there is some stuff, unfortunately, with Unreal Engine 4, like yeah. you can't show Unreal Engine 4, like C++ code and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But every single thing that we are legally allowed to be open for modders, we have gone out of our way to do. And even cool. things that aren't open, where our engineering team is looking into ways and talking with Epic on how to open that stuff up. So it's like, okay, oh, wow. we can't open up the C++ code for Unreal Engine 4, but could we possibly in the future create a secondary layer on top of the SDK where people could do like C-sharp scripting yeah. or something like that? Um, and and Unreal has actually been working with us and helping us figure out how to open up the modding SDK even more. So when we come out in February, yes, it's going to be a generic shooter. Well, I don't, you know, to be honest, I'm pretty happy with what we've created. I don't even think it's that generic anymore. I think it's got a, I think we've got weapon handling that's yeah. kind of like right up there with Insurgency Sandstorm. You know, we don't have the fancy dismemberment and stuff yet. Right. Um, but I think it's going to be a great, solid first-person shooter with a variety of game modes that are going to show what you can do with it. Will you um, be in the with, modern era, or you're going to have a couple of other eras of weapons? Oh, got all of it. Yeah. That was that was one of the things that we wanted to do, um, because when we came out, we were like, hey. You can do anything with this game. Right. Everybody thinks that mod support is like all mod support is created equal. It's not. And I think that's another frustrating thing about the world that we live in right now. Well, you, you, where you really bring up a good point. I didn't even think, yeah. I never even thought about and nobody that. Nobody does. Right, nobody yeah. thinks about this. We don't like, do mods because we want to sell DLC. We don't want to just have you focus and just play this game forever because we got number two coming next year. And some of the games that have mod support, they don't really have mod support. Yeah. They have like a small limited content creation engine where it's like, okay, you can make a, a new gun. And it's like, okay, well, what if I want to make a new game? Right. Can't do that. Why? Oh, we're just not going to let you. Oh, you're not going to let me? I thought there's no technical reason. There's some people, they go in, uh, you'll, have you'll have some of these SDKs where you'll see parts of the SDK where they've gone in and intentionally done work to stop you wow. <laughs> from being able to <laughs> modify it. Like they, it's not that they just like aren't doing the work to open it up. Right. They're actually doing work to close it down. So that's a big, I, I would say from a political standpoint, mm -hmm. That's something that Operation Harsh Doorstop is kind of doing as like a civil disobedience thing where yeah. it's like, look, if nobody else is going to implement the type of mod support that we want, right. we're going to do it. And, you know, it's also kind of a great way to bring awareness to this problem yeah. where, you know, people aren't really supporting mods the way that they used to, um, but acting like they are. And, right. And, it's not, it's, it's not the same thing. Right. No, <laughs> not at all. And that's, oh. Yeah. And considering that all of these mods have done for Operation Horse. I, and some of these, these games Patreon come from mods. Only, right? Oh, yeah. This, yeah. For us, right uh, now, yeah. That's, that's so, yeah, right. when you open that up. Entirely, yeah. It's going to just, you know, it's going to be a huge tidal wave of more stuff coming towards us. Exactly. So that's what we're hoping. So we're yeah. hoping that if we put this out on Steam completely for free, yeah. and it has the type of mod support that we have, and it has Steam Workshop integration, yes, even though it's a simplistic, generic shooter, 
I'm hoping there's going to be a wave of content creators that are going to realize that you can do way more with our little generic game than right. you can do with these AAA games that say that they have mod support and they don't. Right. You know, like the, the kinds of things that you can do with Operation Harsh Doorstop is going to be more. Yeah. Not because we're better, but because we're literally the only people on planet Earth that are even letting anyone do this anymore. Yeah. Which is sad, but it's it's just the way things are right now i can understand why you, you know, earlier you said you can count on your hand the amount of games that have mod sport and it's it's you know i can, I can ha count on my hand even less <laughs> the games that have full mod support like to their credit one of the one of the games that has the best most thorough fully open mod support that you can possibly ask for is arma yeah arma has hands down the best. Same with uh, you know, Valve and Half-Life 2 yeah. and Gary's mod. The best, most open, comprehensive mod support that you could possibly ask for. Yeah. Very few studios do that. Now, and I think that's super you, commendable that they've done that. Do you think I don't know if they regret doing it? I was just gonna say that's my next question <laughs> with Arma. <laughs> yeah, with Arma being so open, do you think that's why we haven't seen a new Arma because of all of the stuff that's come out of that? Dude, Arma is a whole different bag of worms. Oh, okay. um, so Arma, Arma is a completely different situation. And I think the reason Arma is such a completely different situation is because they are one of the few games that also has an entire ecosystem that they've built from the ground up. Mm -hmm. So we obviously utilize Unreal Engine, yeah. but Unreal Engine is not ours. Right. Um, but you know, Unreal Engine is also super important. It's the only reason that we're able to develop all of the things that we've developed on mm -hmm. such a budget. It's the only reason that Squad exists. It's the only reason Ready or Not exists. Arma, and I think one of the reasons that Arma doesn't have to worry about mod support as much is because if you create a mod in Arma, you think you're going to be able to just copy and paste that in Unreal Engine and make a standalone game? Fuck no. no. That's not happening. If you get really deep into Arma's ecosystem, you are stuck in Arma's ecosystem. They even have their own proprietary coding language and everything. So if you get really good at the scripting languages within Arma, that's not really going to trans... Like, you can get good at programming yeah. and you can learn, like, a lot about programming from scripting in Arma, but the language itself is not going to translate directly mm -hmm. to other game engines, which I actually think they use a lot as a recruiting tool because a lot of people who start modding for Arma end yeah. up getting jobs at Bohemia Interactive mainly because they can't get jobs elsewhere <laughs> right. because they just they just spent all this time learning how to they use live, armor yeah. like, <laughs> they can't as a translate right. um so now with arma they've now created their infusion engine which mm -hmm. is again completely from the ground up like which is impressive and i think one of the reasons there's not very many other games that have mod support like arma does is i think part of arma's business strategy is creating a engine that is widely adopted by a lot of people. I yeah. honestly think that's kind of Epic's angle as well. Yeah. There is once you get to a certain tier, like once you get high enough up the commercial ladder or mm -hmm. whatever the hell it is, I have no idea. Once you get high enough up the ladder, I think there's a tipping point where your objective is not monetization. It's just adoption. Yeah. It's like you need to get as many into as many hands your shit. Yeah. Like that's it. Like and you look at Unreal, that's all they fucking think about right now. It's yeah. not like every single day they're doing pricing cuts because it used to be like five percent, but then it's like, okay, uh less than that now. Okay, you can make a million dollars and you don't even well, we won't touch a cent. They don't give a shit. Yeah. They're like, everybody use our shit. Everyone. Now right. why do they feel that way? 
you know, I'll be honest. I don't entirely understand, but it obviously is working out for them. And I wouldn't be surprised if Arma is kind of looking at things the same way, mm-hmm. where they're one of the only people in this entire industry that have their their own proprietary system built from the ground up. Yeah. And I think a part of that is building an ecosystem that can be widely adopted, yeah. which is why I don't know why they don't just make – I mean, I, again, I feel like at a certain point, Fortnite's completely free. Yeah. I feel like eventually Bohemia is probably going to have to go – somebody's going to have to make a free product. That was one of the reasons I knew Operation Harsh Doorstop was going to have to be free because I saw all of the way these things were going. And yeah. it's like, look, it's not as important to try and milk money out of people. It's important to build a community and to right. get this into the hands of everybody so that way they can use it creatively. Yeah. Um, the money can come later. Who cares? We'll think about that next. Yeah. The first thing is make a product that people can use for their own purposes uh, to create things. And that's what I wanted to do with Operation Harsh Doorstop. Honestly, I I, I feel like me, like OHD and Epic's like vision Mm -hmm. is very similar. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of hoping at some point they're going to see us and give us that mega grant. There we go. Hey, Epic, Epic, please. (laughs) Mega grant. I love you, Epic. Please, mega grant. Um, So that what what has been some of the more difficult things about developing your own game from scratch oh jesus christ oh god <laughs> another hour oh fuck yeah dude what are you doing what do you you gotta you gotta wrap this up man yeah we're, hey, we're gonna I'm be old. here like six hours short attention i'm pretty like sure these. i just tangented again i have no idea what was the original question oh yeah where we're gonna be in february i think i already answered that yes. but yeah like generic yeah okay all right, all right. generic <laughs> game that's that's more modifiable than anything that everybody can use as a platform even though we don't have vehicles yet which sucks because i god we're so close to getting vehicles in uh, if i just had like a little bit of extra money yeah. and manpower and time god we could fucking had it and we'll, we'll still i still plan on getting it but i don't know we'll see how early access goes because people <laughs> have to, the people have to want this as much as i do um but in terms of the difficulty Jesus, Where do dude. You start? Man, I don't see. That's the thing. I've even told my own team. I was like, dude, I'm not going to be a game dev after this. Like OHD, I I did not become a game dev to become a game dev. Yeah, I became a game dev so I could make OHD, and OHD is the only reason I. You know, you ever like see like um, dude, there's some of these some of these movies. I, I feel their pain. Uh, I was watching like a behind the scenes thing for like um, Star Wars. Yeah. And there was like, there was so much stuff that they had to do that was only used once, mm-hmm. like ever. And you have these people that basically had to learn this brand new skill from scratch yeah. and figure out this entire art form just to make this one scene. And then they'll never do it again for the rest of their lives. That's how I feel when it comes to learning game dev yeah. in order to make OHD. <laughs> it's like, I don't actually want to be a game developer. I just want to fucking stream games. But God, I had to become a game developer <laughs> to make this stupid fucking game because nobody else would. It's so stupid uh, that I had to do that. All that but gaming yeah, hours is lost. All those gaming <laughs> hours that I've lost. Don't remind me, dude. I could have been playing Project Reality right now. I could have been playing Project Reality. Oh, but, shoot. Um, but yeah, no, seriously, it's it's been rough, man. Yeah. It has been. And like I could go down the rabbit hole of telling you 
all of the things that are rough. You know, but the problem is, is the things that are rough are always constantly changing as well. Yeah. Just like, just like, because again, the, the landscape of game dev is changing just as fast, if not mm -hmm. faster, than the landscape of content creation. So who knows? Maybe the problems that I could bitch about from two years ago aren't going to be a problem anymore. Right. But I would say um, there was the legal aspect because I've had a number of projects uh, in the past, because I used to work on mod projects, yeah. and one of the biggest problems that I would have is you would always end up having a developer that would have a meltdown oh. and freak out and delete all the code or steal it or like you know go in and like you know uh, especially from a legal standpoint like if they wrote like a single line of code like yeah. if they went if they went into the script file and wrote. Like, I'm going to poop my pants. Technically, they could sue you for, like, copyrighted frame. Because at any time, if, if you do not have somebody on payroll. Yeah. And I, I think, again, hey, warning to all you game devs out there. Before you start a project, get your shit, like, legally figured out. Who owns what, whatever. Because the thing is, is that even if you pay somebody... Even if you pay somebody, if you pay, if you say, hey, I want you to develop a game for you, pay him 50 bucks. If there is not a signed contract, they don't have to give you back the money, but they can actually uh, revert that license at any time. Oh, wow. That is, that's the default arrangement for like almost every single work for hire law in America. Wow. Where if there is not a work for hire contract and you were paid to deliver a product, at any time you can revert that license. So if you paid a developer to come in and like program a whole bunch of stuff for you, and then, you know, three years later you end up, you know, making a million dollars and he's like, oh, hey, I made that guy and he only paid me 50 bucks. He can say, hey, I own that now. And he can sue you. Holy or, shit. Or, or he can send you a notice and say, hey, my license is now canceled, and you have to take down everything. And if you don't take down everything, I'm going to sue you. Wow. That, yeah, by default, didn't, that was one of the hardest lessons to learn. And Holy trust me crap. when I say there's a billion other lessons just like that. Oh um, I, have had, I have had people try to, you know, like another big thing is development repositories, which, again, I wish, oh, my God, dude. <laughs> what are you doing to me, man? I'm what sorry. Are we, what, I'm killing your knife. Dude, because it just it just occurred to me another thing that just really because dude, <sighs> development repositories. Do you know what that is? No, I have an idea, but oh, I, dude, what do you think it is? Do you have an idea? Really? Is it like is assets it? like somebody created and you're going in and and using those? Kind of, kind of, kind of. Well, let me tell you. So, a repository is like the lifeblood of any project. And honestly, I feel like repositories and repository systems should be way more standardized and way more widely utilized than they are. Um, because for some reason, and again, this is just the way things are moving, where everybody is starting to realize that they can charge for everything. Wow. And all of these freaking repository systems that used to be free and fun, now all of these people are like, huh, we could actually make it so they have to pay $10 per person that ever clicks a single button. Like, you think microtransactions and video games are bad, my boy. Oh, my <laughs> God. Let me tell you about microtransactions and Jira. Fucking oh. Jira. Don't get me started on Atlassian, you bastards. Like, can't even use basic planning software without having to ah ah anyways okay <laughs> but um but yeah so hold up oh crap oh. i lost you hold up. what oh it's full screen okay hold up hold up hold up hold yep. up i'm still here i'm still here i'm yeah. still here all right, all right um but yeah so development repositories is basically a server where every single person who's working on a project 
works. Yeah. So the programmers, the artists, and it, and it logs everything. So, you know, GitHub is obviously a very popular repository yeah. where you can go on there and everybody can collaborate in a seamless way. Unfortunately, GitHub um, and the, the repository system that it utilizes, I'm not going to go into the specifics yeah. of like what that is, um, but like Git and like, you know, if you want to use yeah. large files like Git LFS, but, you know, configuring for Git LFS is cancer and I hate it. Um, but but that Git is a basic repository. There's other types of repositories. There's Perforce and Plastic. Uh, we we use Plastic SEM, um, which is another type of repository, but it's better for like large files. And it, it not only does it store the project, but it also logs every single change that every person makes oh, wow. forever. So I can actually go onto my repository now and I can rewind to exactly what it was like two years ago. Sure. It's actually fun. So with Iron Armada, which was one of the little 2D games that I made, yeah. which again was a, I wish I had done a better job on that game. But if anything, it was a great practice run on learning how to manage development repositories and learning how to build an engine, which we actually built. We built the Iron Armada engine from scratch, which is crazy. Wow. Nothing close to Infusion because it's a shitty little 2D game. But that was a super cool experience and also something that I regret doing because it was way more work than it should have been. <laughs> and what the hell was I thinking making my own stupid engine with my team? Like, no way that was ever going to work out. But you know what's funny? It actually did work. You can play Iron Armada. It actually is fun. It still has some bugs. Yeah. We actually we did it. But I'm getting off track again. Um, but the cool thing about Iron Armada, I still have the Iron Armada repository. I can rewind to the first day oh that it was God. starting, that it started development. And like looked like I still do it sometimes just because yeah. it's fun. That's and I can crazy. like go back and yeah, it's pretty cool. But from a from a from a management standpoint, especially when you start a project. One of the things that I've that's really made managing a development team difficult is, you know, there is the legal aspect, which is an important lesson to learn. Boys and girls, make sure you have your legal shit figured out. Everybody needs to be on contract. Everybody needs to know exactly what their cut is or their share is. Even if they're working for free, you need to figure out how that works because if you are working for free, there's like legal stipulations that come with that. Oh and it's, like, it's, compl it's complicated. Just figure that shit out. That, that is why, honestly... 99% of game dev projects fail, in my opinion. Yeah. Never leave that. And it, like, dude, I was actually there when Squad almost imploded because they had they didn't get their legal stuff figured out until oh, like things started exploding, and then it, all of a sudden everybody gets mad at each other because like, oh, I'm gonna only getting five percent. I thought I was gonna ten. So oh, people start threatening God. to sue. Whoa, Squad <laughs> almost didn't exist, dude. Straight up, I'm gonna tell you right wow. now. I I don't I don't know how much I should go into that or even it was so long ago now but like dude straight up almost and 99% of the projects I see all implode for that reason but even if you do have that figured out there is so many ways man you think ddosing is bad yeah like we have had people that try to come in to our development repository and try to delete the entire thing oh my god oh fuck yeah dude oh, oh fuck yeah oh yeah oh god. You think people are evil? Just wait, man. Just Holy wait till shit. I tell you like all my stories. Like we've had we've had people that have had, like filed development applications and then we find out that they're using a fake name and using fake portfolios because they're trying to get on the team so they can come in and they can destroy like our our repository data. Oh my god. And all dude, it's crazy. Who thinks like, like that? Oh, do I the internet, man? <laughs> the fucking internet. It's fucking insane. And dude, I, I gotta tell you, man, being a game developer has made me like 
I, I don't know if paranoid is the right word. Just yeah. cautious. <laughs> just I am just so cautious of like everybody now. Holy and we crap. have this whole I have this whole vetting process now where basically we give people like lower tier access to stuff that we expect them to try and fuck up. <laughs> Like so that's what we do. We yeah. give them access to like a fake repository yeah. just to see if they'll try and delete it. Like, and then if they delete it, then we just fucking ban them and we never talk to them again. Oh but that's God. happened before. We've done that before. We've set up like fake repos, wow. and, then, and then they try to destroy it, and then we're like, "Well, that's one of them." Come just fucking ban. Holy shit, dude! It's been a goddamn adventure. Oh my God! Um, that's wild. Oh man, oh it's it sucks, dude. <laughs> it sucks. Um, and yeah, like in and finding people, finding like-minded good people yeah. that you know not even necessarily show up on time, but just don't straight lie to you, dude. The amount of people that come in and accept money and then totally like even the people that aren't malicious, because you got the people that are malicious. Yeah, that that's a big one. And there's all oh god, there's all sorts of ways that people can be malicious, you know, trying to delete your stuff, trying to DDoS. I mean, even just trying to go and lie about you, bad yeah. mouth you, and stuff like that. It's not as big of a deal as deleting your repo, but it's still kind of annoying. Um, but then you just have people. One of the biggest things is the people that are just straight up frauds. That that's really frustrating. Um, and I know that sounds like a pretty harsh word to use, but uh, frankly, I I I. I I mean it. <laughs> like well, there's a lot stories, yeah. There's people and you see I think you see it all the time on the internet, um, where everybody's an expert, right? Yeah. Everybody's an expert. And when it's on Reddit, it's one thing. But when you have somebody coming in and it's like, Hey, I'm an expert, pay me two thousand dollars to do this task, yeah. that's when it gets serious. Because you're like, Okay, well, does this person actually know how to do this? Or are they just some crazy person on Reddit that's right. sitting here saying that they can do this thing that they absolutely can't do? Because that's another thing where you'll have people that are like, and I've seen this. I don't know if you've seen this, but you'll you'll have people that are like, oh, Operation Hard Store Stop. I could make that in a weekend. And it's like, motherfucker, then do it. Like, <laughs> like dude, then show me. Show me. How. Do it and show me how. Like, I, I, I want you. I want you to not be lying right now. Yeah. I will pay. If you can make this in a weekend, I will straight up pay you. You have no idea. And and most of, like, literally all of them, not, I mean, not all of them, but the vast majority of these people are lying. And the people who are not lying are currently on my team building yeah. this fucking game. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> um, but, but finding the amount, finding, like, sorting through people yeah. who are not just completely, aggressively full of shit yeah. is a whole task in itself. Um, wow. and, and especially when you get into stuff that's like highly technical. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, I, I have to say, the lifeblood, one of the best people that I vetted and I found who has been absolutely great has been one of the, the has been the main engineer uh, is Jordan. Yeah. Um, and I actually, I, I met him through Project Reality. I would say he's probably one of my best it would be weird to say he's one of my best friends because we work together in such a but he's definitely been one of the most pivotal people in our business and in our career because he's one of the few people that has the technical know-how and is also a trustworthy person yeah um because when you get into some of this high level stuff it's actually difficult 
to vet somebody because some of it is so complicated that the number of people who are even alive breathing on this planet that he could even tell you if they're full yeah. of shit or not is so low that it's very hard because you'll have people and they're like, oh, yeah, network replication for this ballistic system. And you're like, dude, there's only going to be three people on the planet that even know how this works. Yeah. I don't even know how this works. So it's like I, I'm just going to have to take your word for right. it. So there's a lot of people that you just don't know until you give them a contract yeah. to figure out if they're oh my full God. shit or not. Well, I got to um, think it's even more harder because of the, the lack of people in the job market itself. Like, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's difficult. And, you know, you got people on the internet, too, because mm-hmm. that's another thing. Like, we're all a remote team. I, yeah. I would feel like it might be easier if I actually got to shake some of these people's hands. Yeah. You know, like, if they came up and they look like like, yeah. like a crack addict, maybe it would be easier. <laughs> like, you know, I'd be like, okay, you you probably yeah, don't, you don't know. Yeah. But, like, I mean, this could be – what's that one, like, Robin Williams movie? Like, this could be a Goodwill hunting situation. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. But you do not look the part. Um, but, yeah, no, I, it, it gets really difficult to figure out who actually knows what they're doing yeah. and who is just singing you a song to either try to get money or clout. Because I, I think for some of these people, it's not always... I think what's dangerous is when the people who are lying mm-hmm. about their own technical capability believe it themselves. And they believe that they're capable of something that they're just genuinely not capable of. Because sometimes it's not even that they're trying to defraud you of money. Yeah. Sometimes they just want the clout. Right. They just want the, the, the I don't know, the ego of it. And to it's be like, able to brag but, about it. But but when you actually put them in a situation where it's like, hey, we need you to be able to perform and be able to do this, and they can't, yeah. it can cost people their jobs. Yeah. Not just them, but like the other people that are right. relying on them to do it. It can cost them their jobs. It's bad. Yeah. And, and part of my job is finding those people and figuring out how to weed them out. Yeah. Uh, and figuring oh, out God. how to separate them from, yeah, that that is a whole, I would actually say if there's, there's a lot of things that I do for this project. I would say that is probably one of, if not the biggest thing yeah. that I do for this project, which I wish I could say is not as critical to a prop because a lot of people ask me when I got into game development, they were like, well, you're not, because again, I, I am not a good programmer. I am not a good, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, again, uh, you know, our animators, they don't know anything about to animate right. but then again i'm not a great animator either i'm not a really good like i i i, I can do a bunch of other stuff in terms of like design and you know even the voice acting i, I try to help out in as yeah. many places that i can but a lot of people they're like what do you do you know like what is something that you bring to the table and it's like look honestly i do a lot of business development and i do a lot of human like human resource management yeah. and people are like yeah but like is that so hard and i was like dude let me explain this to you mm-hmm the reason that I am so disturbed about the state of the industry is because for so many of these games, good management and good business development is the only thing missing. Yeah. Like when you look at Battlefield 2042, mm-hmm. what, went, what went wrong there? What How went could they wrong? have fucked it up so what, bad? That's the fucking question, right? And and that's that's the thing. Like that's when I tell people, it's like, dude, I wish I didn't have to exist. I wish I didn't. I wish figuring out 
who is malicious, who is a fraudster, mm -hmm. who is like, or, or, or trying to stop people from putting NFTs in OHD, or trying to stop people from putting yeah. in microtransactions, or convince, we've had so many like investors come to us and they're like, we'll give you $2 million if you put in a battle pass, and it's like, ha fuck you, I'm not gonna <laughs> fucking do that. You know, like, I am the person that didn't do that. Yeah. But for every person like me, there's probably a hundred people in exactly my position that took the money yeah. and put in those battle passes, that cut mod support, that laid off people that they had, that maybe paid somebody, um, like paid an engineer a million dollars in order to develop a feature that that engineer didn't know how to fucking make. Yeah. And a lot of these problems, almost, I would say almost all of the problems in all of like the modern gaming industry yeah. like releases are, are, are all come down to bad business management. Wow. And one of the only things, literally one of the only things that I've done in order to make Operation Harsh Doorstop as successful as it has been, again, we're not the biggest game in the world, but I, I would count as what we've done so far as a success. We have a functional game that's done really well on Patreon. We've gotten way further than 99% of indie games that I've seen start yeah. out there. So I'm proud of that. But literally the only difference between us and everybody else who has failed or made these big is just not making these awful business decisions that all of these other companies are just plagued with yeah. making over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And and if there's one thing that I've brought to the table, it's just not doing those things, which you think would be so common sense. Right. You think would be so fucking common sense. And it's not. And it's not because nobody fucking does it. <laughs> That's crazy. It's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. I shouldn't have to exist. Oh. I shouldn't have had to become a game developer. <laughs> I just wanted to be a goddamn streamer. Yeah. Oh why couldn't God. Why couldn't EA just have their shit together and all just the, not make yeah. these stupid decisions? All they had I to do have... was replicate Battlefield Four, update some yeah. weapons, and that's it. They could. They could just. But why don't they have mod support yet? Why don't they have mod support? Why you, you, EA, you just had to put in mod support, you oh. fucking bitch. And then I wouldn't have had to put all this time and effort into making my own goddamn game. Oh. I didn't want to do that. But yeah, that's seriously, that's the secret behind all of this. Yeah. Like the one thing, like the one, the biggest role I've had, you know, because I actually like, you know, all the all the artsy game dev stuff, I actually like doing that. Yeah. You know, I'm not a great modeler, but I got to be honest, I, I actually enjoy sitting down and like making a house in Blender. Yeah. Way more than I enjoy, you know, well, you know what, actually, to be honest, <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> it definitely stresses me out, but I'd be lying if I didn't say I find the process of like sorting through people trying to, to hurt you at least a little bit fascinating <laughs> and, and in the same way that I find the YouTube algorithm fascinating, yeah. you know, like sitting there trying to like, well, what is that? What is that? What is that movie? Part. Like that TV show mind hunters and you got like oh, the FBI agents yes, and their whole yep. job is like, like getting to the heads of serial killers. I yeah. feel like that's me sometimes. <laughs> interviewing but like, people. <laughs> but yeah, fucking interviewing people trying to figure out if they're trying to lie just so they can get another repo and delete it or not. That's fucking crazy. But you know, I, you know, it, it, sometimes I'm sitting here and I was like, man, I would love to just sit here and make a goddamn house and blender. It would be yeah. so much simpler if that's all I had to do. <laughs> yeah. Or I could just be a voice actor and just make voice lines. Like, oh, fuck. It would be so much easier. That's crazy. <laughs> but now, looking, but yeah. looking back over your development up until this point, you know, what have been some of the small victories that you overcame? And it's just like, yeah, we got through that. And Being the game work. Yeah. Like, I would say the biggest, because, dude, you got to say, I am... 
I don't want to say that I'm hated or anything because the thing is, is that like I don't I don't think there's actually that many people who know who I am yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Like obviously in my little circle, like my name is relevant, but you know I'm not nearly as big as like I don't know XQC or Mr. Beast. Yeah, or like you know like these in the big scheme of things, I'm still. But but you know in the small, very underlying like tactical niche yeah. community. Um, I think there's a lot of people that as soon as they saw our project, they were like, oh, they're going to fail. There's no way they're ever going to even make a functional product. Um, and we fucking did. Yeah. You know, like we fucking did, dude. And like even, and there's been so many projects that have even people that are like AAA developers yeah. and stuff like that, that have not even gotten to the state that we're in. Yeah. Like, again, not that we've made, like, a freaking Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 c contender yeah. here or anything yet. Like, we're, we got a ways to go. But by God, where we're at right now is further than, like, 99% of the other projects yeah. that I've seen that have either never shipped at all or defrauded people of, of a whole bunch of money mm -hmm. and then disbanded, you yeah. know? Um, I don't want to get into, like... I've, is Dead Matter like a safe thing to go for? Because I don't know if there's still a pro like. Are they still developing? I don't know. I don't know. I just don't want to like shit talk other yeah. studios if they're still alive. That's all right. Okay. But fuck. But fuck it. Dead Matter. Like I feel like there's a, a lot of projects out there that have raised a significant amount, like millions of dollars. Yeah. Like money, I would fucking stab a squirrel to have that's a weird that's a weird thing to say is that but a Kentucky I would. thing you know what I wouldn't I, yeah I guess I don't know <laughs> I just don't want to say like murder somebody because right, yes. that sounds sus that right I wouldn't bad. kill somebody for that but I'd like I'd maim a small critter <laughs> like Jesus that's so fucked but seriously like there's a lot of projects out there that have gotten oh my god substantially so much more money than we have and yeah. they never even came out with a fucking demo Wild. They never even came out with a prototype that worked. And I think everybody thought that that was what we were going to be. Yeah. That we were just going to, like, you know, puff a bunch of hot air and say how we were going to make yeah, something. Why do you we think weren't, that, though? We weren't going to. I don't know. You know, honestly, I don't blame them. I really don't blame them. Just because, because people have been burned so many times in the past? Not <clears> only have they been burned so many times, but it's just, even I look at myself, it's so stupid that a content creator can come out here and and make a game that isn't because again like a lot of people are like oh you know this is nothing compared to call of duty like motherfucker the fact that it's close should disturb you right like, the the fact that you were even putting us in the same sentence yeah should disturb you the fact that a content creator like me yeah can make something that's even fucking comparable is a problem. Yeah. Because if, and this is one of the things that I said at the very beginning, because I was like, dude, I've been looking into this and I'm pretty confident that I could pull this off. And everybody was like, oh, you're full of shit. Game development is way harder than you think it is. And it's like, yeah, you know, I get what you're saying. And I understand that game development is hard, but I'm fairly confident that a lot of these studios that are saying that this is taking, you know, 10 million, a hundred million dollars right. to make, I'm pretty <clears throat> sure they're fucking lying. Yeah. Like I'm looking into this and I'm calling bullshit. And in order to show that this is the case, I will literally do this myself. And everybody from the ground up there were like, well, obviously, Blue Drake's lying. There's no way he's going to do that because game development does cost hundreds of millions of dollars. And that's why we have to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on microtransactions and battle passes and do all of these things that these big studios are wanting us to do. And guess what? You don't. 
You don't. Yeah. Because the fact that I even made anything at all has proven that there is something seriously wrong with this entire yeah. system. Something's fucked. So, and it's the exact same thing that I, I thought was fucked before, that yeah. I told everybody was fucked. I was like, hey, guys, I don't, I don't think these games need to be $70 with a bunch of skins and then them, like, not cut out mod support. And then, you know, because that was, you remember when EA said that mod support was too hard mm-hmm. in order to implement, and that's why they cut it? That's obviously a fucking lie. Right. Because this dumb... This, it, and that's why I, lo- I love it when people call me an idiot. Because you can go back many years and be like, Blue Drake's stupid. And it's like, I agree. I am stupid. I really am. And, and, and if this idiot, stupid <laughs> content creator can make a fucking tactical first-person shooter with mod support, then why can't EA? Why, why can't they? What the fuck? Was it fucking, it's too hard to put in mod support? The fucking Venice Unleashed did it. Yeah. And there's a bunch of people in their goddamn basement working <laughs> on it in their free time. And you've got the best engineers in all of America. Or fuck, more than the whole world working on your stupid ass game. You can't put in mod support. It's a hundred million dollars a year for, a, yeah. They, it's they, a lie. Yeah. And, and my success in any capacity whatsoever, I feel like the biggest thing about my success the biggest thing about it for me isn't necessarily the game. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I like the fact that I have my own game now. It's cool. I'm going to do a cool. whole bunch of stuff with it. But the biggest thing is that I have proven that all of these other people that have said all of this stuff for you are liars. Yeah. They're fucking liars. <laughs> like it's, and that's like that. I'm hoping if anything, even if Operation Harsh Doorstop like completely dies or something, I hope I will have proven something. And I hope people will finally use this as proof to stop putting up with all of the lies that all of these studios keep peddling to people. Like, god damn. Sorry. That's all right. I didn't know. (laughs) I'm sorry. uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to. I didn't expect your podcast to turn out like this. I hope I'm not ruining. No, this. dude, like, this is to, your podcast. This oh, is all should about I just? You. This is all. I don't good. know if I should talk more about my childhood or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, just get but you yeah. on the couch and no, this is this is great. You know, going back to the beginning when I was like, yeah, like there's negative and there's positive reasons for why I created OHD. I yeah. feel like I've kind of gone into depth about that now. Yeah, and I, I think the negative, the negative is everything I just said. There is a lot of spite. Yeah, that started OHD, <laughs> where I was like, everybody was like, you can't do this, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna fucking do it if you say I can't because I'm pretty sure I can, and yeah. now I did, and the fact that I did, you know, because everybody can say whatever the hell they want, they can be like, oh, you know, like th- there's no ifs, ands, or buts now. The reality is that I have accomplished this, and we need to stop talking about whether or not I can accomplish this, or whether or not someone like me can accomplish yeah. this. We need to be talking about how I did it. Right. We need to be talking about how I did it and what that means for the industry, yep. because that means something. Well, the budget um, you had compared to other people oh and what you've produced, dude, you know? What budget? Yeah. What budget, dude? What I have funded this through, like, my YouTube ad rev and my sponsorship contracts yeah. and, like, the Patreon, which is, again, nothing. There's a thousand people. Funding us on think about that a thousand people yeah could could you could literally take one thousand people and with the right management and the right decision making you could make a game exactly like we've made yeah that's crazy that, that is a fact now yeah that's a fact 
you put that in history books. That changes shit. Like that's <laughs> that's huge. So like yeah, if anything, if there's anything that's been a big milestone for me, getting to that point, yeah, showing people, and because I think we already we already hit that point for me. Like yeah. people said, we would not even be able to have a demo. We came out with a demo. Yes, it's not better than COD. It was never supposed to be. But the fact that it worked at all was that was the point for me. Yeah. Where I was like, look, I did it. Like here it is. And how about now you have people creating stuff for it? That's got to be pretty cool. Right. I think now we've hit that point, and we're like, okay, well, what's next? And I think what's next is like, let's make this a dope game. Yeah. Like let's we've we've got a game now. Right. Let's let's run with this. Let's let's have fun with this. Let's make something cool. Yeah. And let's put it out for free. And let's do all the stuff that we said we were going to do. And people can take this and, and run into the horizon with it and do yeah. whatever they want. So Make mods. Cool. You know, and if we, and the cool, and then like, if people keep funding us, right? Yeah. Like if we, I mean, who knows how long it's going to last. I, I hope that, I hope eventually people are going to look at our story and they're going to look at what we've made and they're going to say, you know what? It makes more sense to fund these guys yeah. than it does for me to shell out money for the next, you know, pre-order of right. God knows what. And, and because, dude, I want to add jets. I want to add helicopters. Yeah. I want to add, you know, destructible environments. Like, I want to do all the shit, man. Like, I want to add in an inventory system that's fully fleshed out. So that way, you know, it could be more like Arma. So yeah. that way, you, I mean, you could still have your Battlefield game modes or whatnot. But then if you have a fully fleshed out inventory system for the back end for modders mm-hmm. to use, they can do like Wasteland game modes and stuff. Right. I want to do all that. I want to do all of that. But you bring up I a wanna... good point. Like somebody, instead of dropping the $70 on that, you know, a reflash yeah. of cod throw some money into patreon and support people yeah. like you to you know how many how many streamers do you pay five dollars a month for for a for an emoji yeah you know like fucking pay me five dollars a month and i'll give you a free goddamn game for the entire <laughs> fucking world you know. like come on that's got to be worth it right absolutely and i can fund that entirely for the same for the same amount of money that maybe your run-of-the-mill you know upper level twitch streamer right. gets yeah. like the amount of money they get like and I think some people underestimate. Like some of these streamers, they make like twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars a month. You know, yeah. like that's that's a lot of money. Absolutely. That's a lot. That could absolutely fund. You know, everybody's like, oh, you know, putting in jets that would take a lot. And it's like, dude, I could I, for fifty grand a month. <laughs> I should, give me fifty grand a month. I'll I'll show you what I can fucking do. Are you crazy? <laughs> you crazy? And some of these studios, again, I think people don't realize. Like, if you were to take, you know, ten million dollars, let's do the math right now. Because some people are like, let's see, $10 million. $10 million divided by, let's say, let's say two years of development, right? Because that's, that's the current rate. Yeah. So, and, and this is like two, two year turnaround. So, $10 million divided by 24. That's $400,000 a month. A month, dude, and that's that's a low end. Yeah, that's a low end indie studio that like they get a publishing deal, they get they get like that's anywhere crazy. from five to ten mil, dude. That's if you were to ration that out, that's over four hundred thousand dollars a month for the development cycle. That? Yeah, yeah, and then, like, and I'm sitting here asking for fifty thousand dollars a month, and we're getting like seven. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting here developing on seven. <laughs> You know, and these mother, these guys are getting four hundred a month. Are you fucking crazy? And I can, uh, we've made what we've made on seven. God, imagine what I could do with four hundred. Yeah. Oh my god, I can make this entire fucking game for four hundred. <laughs> but you uh, might, just once, not a month, crazy, just total. Though, trying to find all the talent though, and weed through all the the crackpots. Hard, though. 
It's hard. <laughs> yeah, they, dude, weeding through the crack pots is a full time job, straight oh, up. Absolutely. So let's let's talk about the music side of you. The oh, okay. Johari. Yeah, sure. I yeah, 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 yeah. Did, I, did I butcher that wrong? No, Johari. 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 Yeah. How, yeah. It's a that, name. Where did that all start? Oh, <sighs> in what capacity? From I mean, I already told you my whole backstory about like the um, music and things. But how did you the band come together? What brought brought that together? Oh. Well, you know, honestly, the band has gone through three lineups now. Oh, shoot. So I am the only original member. I was I founded the band with, uh, like, four other guys. Yeah. They're all gone by now. And then we've had two other entire lineups since then. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Everybody ends up just over time, yeah. you know, either giving up. They have kids. Mm-hmm. A couple of the guys got arrested for possession and went oh, to jail. Shoot. Yeah, that was fucking weird. Um, yeah, man. Add COVID Rock in there Rockstar life, COVID. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I, so I started in, in high school. Yeah. Um, or not in high school, sorry, college. Uh, I was in college. Obviously, I studied classical voice, classical opera. Um, but, you know, I always had this weird fascination for metal. I just yeah. love metal, dude. I love it. I used to listen to power metal when I was younger. You know, obviously. I mean, the one I'm going to say that everybody's going to know is Dragon Force, dude. Dragon Force dropped when I was in high school. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, but I also was super into like some other bands like uh, Sonata Arctica, Mercenary. Nobody's going to know those bands, but love those bands. Uh, and then it just kind of grew from there. Yeah. I was just super into it. Um, but I remember you know, my vocal instructor being like, oh, but if you sing that growly stuff, you're going to ruin your voice. Not true, by the way, yeah. apparently. Not sure if you know that. Death metal doesn't ruin your voice if you use correct technique and you study the correct ways of preserving it. And, and, and you have your true chords and your false chords, and there's a whole anatomy to it that yeah. we're not going to go into because it would be boring and long. Um, but I just – I had such a fascination with it that I started studying how to do – like I started looking into like other death metal vocalists. Yeah. Like, you know, th- there wasn't much online about how that worked and how to do it. But I, like I just started getting whatever I could. Yeah. And then I was like, man, I want to go out and I want to play with a band. So I like went online, went on Craigslist, started just oh, going shoot. out, like finding other guitarists. And uh, eventually I found, you know, a couple of other guys and we created this project called Jahari. Um, it was called Jahari Window. We started with Jahari Window, but then eventually we just settled on Jahari. Yeah. Um, because Jahari it means like blood diamond in Swahili. And we're like, that's sick. <laughs> and we just went with that. Um, it's also a first name. Uh, didn't know that at the time, but it's a fairly popular first name in okay. India. So no joke, we randomly get messages from Indian moms <laughs> thinking that we're their fucking son. Oh Jesus! Uh, straight up. So it should be like you know, like in India, and it's like, oh, how is your work day? We'll like get tagged in family photos yeah. all the time, oh, all my the God. time. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's just like that's funny. Um, but yeah, no. So I just started doing that, and then we just started playing shows, oh, cool. and. Uh, it's always been kind of like a, just another side of my life. Yeah. Um, I never really expected it to go anywhere. But one of the things I got to tell you, dude, Spotify pays better than YouTube. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, off of 300,000 views, I probably get like like two, three grand. Holy crap. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, I mean, my, my Spotify probably, like Jahari, probably makes as much, if not more, than my YouTube channel well, does, depending on the month. I was going to ask you from a discoverability standpoint as a Spotify band, is huge. Yeah. Like the algorithm on there is probably popping off about as hard as YouTube or, or TikTok is. Like yeah. it's, yeah. Oh, wow. That's so cool. It is definitely a – yeah, that's actually an example. I have loads of friends that have made entire careers out of Spotify, yeah. and they make 
fucking insane amounts of money. In fact, I would say if if you could be a Spotify artist instead of a YouTuber, it makes way more sense to be a Spotify artist because the the staying power is way stronger. Yeah. I don't do shit on Jahari, but like our our songs from like three years ago still get like insane plays. Spotify is huge. That's crazy. Yeah, because Spotify. Like, cause you, you know, I was going to talk to you about, you know, discoverability from a mute, you know, a band standpoint going, you know, trying to play live gigs. But if you just focus on Spotify. Yeah. You can sit on your ass at home and make <laughs> insane amounts. And I have loads of friends who have done that. And the thing is, is like with YouTube, if you stop uploading, yeah. your channel's dead. Dude, Spotify. If you get famous on Spotify, dude, you're done. Sit back, wow. relax, go to Costa Rica, get a fucking mojito. <laughs> like you're done, dude. Like it's, it's sick. That's it's wild. sick. It's nice, Holy but yeah. Crap. If I, if I uh, honestly, if I was not the, the amount, like I, I would maybe be retired by now if yeah. it wasn't for this goddamn video game that I'm making. <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you because with this Spotify, I probably would have chilled out with Spotify and fucked off by now. Oh. But no, I, 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 I just had it in me where I just had to do, make a statement and do the stupid yeah. video game uh, development thing. But yeah, no, Spotify is. I, okay. I, the funny thing is, <laughs> I'm afraid that people are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, I should be a Spotify person now. <laughs> there you go. You, Again, you just told people not I don't, to be YouTubers I don't know and now they're going to be Spotify people. I don't know if it's still going to be this good by the time everybody decides yeah. that they need to be doing this. But right <laughs> as of right now, it's pretty lit. Um, but yeah. Oh, so now, how did you, now where did the guitar come into play? How did you find and the I love just, for that? I don't play guitar at all. Yeah. And I'm just always jealous about the guitarists yeah. being able to do dope stuff and like stand up and play. Right. So I was like, I want to fucking do that. And I play keyboard, but there's no way for me to do guitar stuff with a keyboard. But right. now there is. Yes. <laughs> Cause like, that thing's actually pretty recent. Like that's a new model. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's one of the first guitars that doesn't look like completely cancer. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's like I, I got the because because basically every other guitar looks pretty um pretty stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but that one actually looks. I mean, it still makes me look like a damn nerd, but it looks like a sick nerd. Well, you know what I'm saying? Well, a step up from Weird Al, you know. Y yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like oh. this dude probably still plays WoW, but at least he fucks, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Exactly>. Like, <laughs> oh man! So now, when you're when you're not creating a game, you're not creating content. What are you doing away from the computer or away from? Uh, do you even have time? Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I would say basically. Any time that I have left over is spent with my son yeah. and spent with my family. Um, so, yeah, just going nice. to fall festivals, going out to exploring stuff. I went to um, – man, I've done a bunch of stuff recently. I went to um, – there's this <laughs> – I wanted to go to the beach randomly, but I didn't want to drive all the way to Florida. Yeah. So I, I looked up, and I actually figured out that there's, like, artificial beaches in the middle of Indiana. And oh I was like, God. what? What? I'm going to do that. So I just recently went out, got a cabin in Indiana. Oh, nice. um, yeah, hung out on the artificial beach there. Um, yeah. No, it's oh, been, cool. It's been a thing. Well, dude, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for, for doing this. I really appreciate yeah. the, uh, the time and, and all the insights. It's been fantastic. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. No problem. But uh, before you go, though, at the end of every pod, I ask the guests to call out somebody to that they – think could have a good story to come on a podcast in your circle who do you uh, who do you think i uh, mean have you already talked to control pairs no i haven't you gotta talk to him man he's 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 up and coming he's got a 
dope ass backstory. Yeah. Karma does too. Have you done Karma? I haven't done Karma either. Karma's sick, man. He's got a great backstory. He's probably one of my best like content creator friends that yeah. I have. Um cool. yeah, I mean so many so many people. Uh right. let's see who else. Oh dude, Tacta Gamer. Yeah. Oh my god, get on him, dude. He's he has got this this algorithm thing figured out. He is killing it right now. Right. Um he actually he's one of the guys that we work with with Blackside now. Oh cool. Um so he's dope. God, who else? Who else? Those Somebody are three great names right there, man. I'll you know, we'll land one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. No problem. All right, well, well hey, thank you and uh, I've really enjoyed uh talking to you and meeting you. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks so much.